0: BLOB TALK RADIO
1: Well, good morning, everyone. I hope that you are having a great day. I hope that you are also excited about today's show on the process, 319 Unleashed. Well, this morning, we have an awesome guest on our show. Her name is uh, Pastor Elder Melva, and not only is she a pastor, but she is my cousin Oh, my gosh, and I am, like, totally hyped and excited that she would take the time out of her busy, God-filled day to spend this time with me. Um, this is going to be a power-packed uh, show this morning, and I'm going to tell you a little bit about my cousin and what her husband are doing there in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Yes, guys, that's where I was raised. Please don't hold it against me, but we have great people like Pastor but that's there also. Um, they founded World Outreach Center there in Glendale, Wisconsin. She's also the president um, and of uh, Melva Henderson Ministries. She's also involved in a lot of outreach. You know, her heart is, like, really huge. She's the founder of several charities, including the Milwaukee Give, an outreach that feeds and clothes um, uh, others who are suffering in poverty there in Milwaukee. She does the Little Feet of Mexico, an international effort that she began um, in 2008, providing new and gently used shoes and clothing to the villages of Mexico. Hey, Pastor Mel, but we need to talk. That's right probably here in my neck of the woods um, here in California. Um, She's also the founder of World Bible Training Institute. Uh, She trains and develops full-time ministry uh, careers, and she's also the state uh, director of the Daughters of Zion, which is a prayer ministry under the United uh, United uh, Christian United for Israel. So she's also been on TVN, guys. You know, so we have an awesome woman on the line today, and she's going to be talking to us about prayer, about this level of holy living, about faith, because this woman walks in a place of prayer and a place of faith. That I believe that she really knows how to go in, how to go in and touch the very face of God, and she has an awesome book called Fresh Manna. So, I to some of you, you already know her because you go to her church. Others know her because you're from Wisconsin. But I definitely want to introduce her to others that I know in Florida that are also listening right now. Pastor Melva, thank you so much for being on this show with me this morning.
2: Oh, Don Marie, it is such an honor to be with you on the Process Three Nineteen Unleashed. I'm just—it's a privilege, and I'm so honored that you would even consider me to be on the show. So, thank you. I'm excited. Oh, great, great. I really appreciate that. You know, I'm going to talk
1: about my heart. I call it Unleashed because there are so many people, men and women, that are bound in this place of sin. And they think it's okay. The sad thing about it is that a lot of these people are church folks. They go to church every Sunday. They dress up, look real pretty and cute, have on their little makeups and everything, and the guys have on their little fly clothes. And then they walk out and they live like I'm dogs at And it and it And it pains me. I don't talk about them, but it pains me because this life in Christ is no joke. The Bible is very clear the road is narrow. To come to the Father. So when I look at um, where you've come from, I've seen you since we were little kids, you know, living, you know, not far from each other and then going to the same church um, over at Christian Faith and being birthed and grown up in, in those ministries and, and then you moving on and having your own. Can you tell us a little bit about where has God really moved and taken your heart as you walk this journey of a Christian life?
2: Well, Don, I think that, you know, you, you said something very key, and that's about the fact that people come into the church and uh, they come in one way, and, and you phrased it the way our former pastor used to phrase it, living like a nickels worth of dogs meat." That's how he used to say it, and it's, it's mm-hmm. very true. But, you know, what I've discovered is that uh, most people Do the things that they do and they live the way that they live Because they haven't had Their minds renewed to the word of God You can go to church faithfully Every single week You can go to church three and four times a week But if you don't Sit down under the word And allow the word to transform The way that you think You're not going to have a transformed life You know a transformed life Is a result of a transformed Mindset And, you know, God wants our minds to be renewed to his word, so it takes time. And honestly, Mm -hmm. uh, what we're receiving in church on Sundays isn't enough to sustain our uh, walk with the Lord. You know, what we're looking for, what God, I believe God is looking for, is a day-by-day walk. You know, Mm -hmm. Kenneth Hagin used to say, some people feed their spirit one cold snack a week, but they feed their physical body three hot mm-hmm. meals a day, and mm-hmm. that thing has to that has to change. We have to mm-hmm. get to the place where we're paying just as much attention to our spirits as we yes. are our minds and educating our minds and feeding our physical bodies, you know we're three part mm-hmm. being, and yes. God is expecting that every part of who we are would be developed in 1 Thessalonians 5 and 23. He said, Beloved, I wish that your whole spirit, soul, and body would be preserved blameless. And so God is looking for
0: a total
2: life of prosperity. He wants every fiber of who you are to develop Mm -hmm. in who he is, and that comes as a result of feeding on the word of God.
1: Amen, amen. So I'm going to go here. So I'm going to step on some toes today, Elgumel, and that seems to be how God has bent me. Um, we talked about transform life, having that mindset. A couple shows ago, I asked the same question of Prophet Courtney out of Florida, um, who's we're, we're under uh, Pastor uh, Billy Thompson and Prophet Cynthia there. And I also feel that I, you birthed me too. So I and you know, the God is giving me all these, these these mothers in the Lord that have poured great into me, and I don't say that lightly. Because I listened to what you said, and you taught me that many years ago. But I was damaged. I was emo. I remember some conversations that you and I had, and I could almost now I could look back and hear you go. And one day you did. You said it. You said,
2: who, who, "Who who's talking to you?
1: Who's telling you that?" So now I'm damaged. I'm broken. I've been told I'm everything with the child of God. I'm told how I'm going to flood over here and I'm a bee over here. I'm never going to amount to much. And because I don't do it this way and I don't do it that way, how do I begin to, to see myself? Or how do others begin to see themselves in the light of the word when this damage of the word goes so deep? I mean, and I, I say that because I was in the word. You saw me but I was still a hot mess. What do you think is the problem there um, that causes people to not be unleashed
2: out of where they are? Well, you know, Dawn, I think that you said something. You just said something really important. You said I was in the word, and that's good. But John fifteen seven, Jesus said, if you abide in me and my word mm-hmm. abide in you, mm-hmm. you can ask what you will. And so Mm -hmm. the important thing is not just for you to be abiding, but it's also for the the word to abide in you. And so Mm -hmm. there's scores and thousands and thousands of people coming into the body of Christ all over the world, and they're damaged and they're wounded and they're broken. And, uh, you know, the world is not kind to anyone. Mm -mm. No one. You know, when you come into relationship with the Father, and even before Mm -hmm. you come into relationship with the Father it's important for people to be able to encounter God's love because Mm -hmm. I don't care how eloquent of speech we can be with the Word of God. We can be really good at finessing the Word and teaching the Word and all of that, but when people come to us and they're wounded, a lot of times they're not in a position to receive the Word. They can't hear it. And so what we have to do is sometimes we just have to love people to a place that they can receive. You know, and sometimes it's just listening to them tell their stories. I mean, I've been in situations where I've had to let somebody tell the same story over and over and over again
0: until mm-hmm.
2: something in their heart breaks. But the whole time, I'm there trying to redirect their thoughts to the Word of God. And, well, this is what the Bible says about that. Well, This is what Jesus feels about that. This is how God feels about that. So constantly redirecting their thoughts, not necessarily uh, taking a bunch of verses of Scripture and shoving them down their throats, but just mm. loving them, getting mm. them to a place that they can receive what God has to say to them. So it's just it's crucial. It's crucial to be able to communicate with somebody and meet them where they are. You know, a lot of people say you need to get saved so God can bless you. But if you look in the, in, in the Scriptures, Jesus always blessed, and then he drew people mm. to himself. It was that blessing that he released in their life that caused people to come to them. The man that was, was sick, he didn't know Jesus. He wasn't following Jesus, but Jesus brought healing to his life, and then what does the Bible say? Then he followed him.
0: Mm-hmm. And so Sometimes
2: we want to put the cart in front of the horse. We want to shove the word of God down people's throats, but many people on first need an encounter with God before they get the word of God. So what we need to be able to do, is walk in the spirit of the word, you know, because the Bible says the letter killeth. But it's the spirit that gives life. And so it's important for us to always remember that that God is looking for us to release his love. That's how people encounter God. It's through us showing them his love. And when we get people healed, they're going to follow Christ. When we get people delivered, they're going to follow Christ. When people know that there's somebody that's thinking about them, then they're saying, okay, then I'm going to turn around and I'm going to follow Jesus because this has brought transformation to my life. And so that's how we do it. We love people to healing, we love people to deliverance, we love people to a transformed way of living. We don't do it the other way, we don't try to force people. You know, I came up in the church. I've been in, in church literally my whole life. And I've mm-hmm. seen people take the word and try to shove it down people's throats, and they throw it back mm-hmm. up, walk out, and we mm-hmm. don't see them again for years. And mm-hmm. so it's just learning to walk with people where they are and then allowing God to do what he needs to do in their life.
1: Oh, wow, wow, wow. I'm not going to cry, ladies and gentlemen, because God is ministering, and I'm hearing and I'm I'm seeing these pictures. I'm seeing the pictures. And why do I say that, ladies and gentlemen? Because I've experienced what she's talking about. I experienced, I made different decisions, and I was one of those people that was looking for love in all the wrong places because I didn't have love. I didn't understand it. It didn't make sense. So I was that person um, uh, uh, that was in the Word and that was trying to abide, but it couldn't get past the broken places of my life. It couldn't get past or broken. So if you're broken today, if you have any hurts and you have any pains, if you're going through your process until you understand your purpose, then um, uh, hold on. You know, fall in love with Jesus. Fall in love with what he's doing in your life. Because we need to transform from just uh, a kicks and giggles and rainbows and butterflies. Everything's not going to be pretty. So I say this to say, uh, Elder Melva, and i we're kind of, I think we're kind of going into this. I'm, I'm writing some notes on as you speak. Two things. Um, because when I made that transition and made that move, the love came through through validation. I never knew that before. I'm in the word. I'm trying to figure out what the heck is wrong with me. But when someone finally looked at me and they saw my pain, they saw my hurt, and they said, and they nailed it, it was like what you just said. It was healing to my soul. It was healing to my mind, my will, and my emotions. And I realized I'm not crazy. You'll hear me say that a lot. I'm not crazy you mean you mean you mean nothing wrong with me? They're like no, you're just broken. You just gotta go through your process. Mm-hmm. so how do you feel um, how do you feel about um the 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 fivefold ministry being able to come in and being able to deal with it because the, the scripture that comes into my mind right now is uh, that there was some that could not come out but by healing and fasting and prayer. So do you think that there, people need to really be sensitive to the spirit? Because you talked about the spirit. And some people wouldn't know the spirit of God if it stared them in the face, and they've been in church 20 years. So how do we teach people to walk in the spirit?
2: And not with the letter of the law, you know there was a couple of things that you just you know you said I'll speak first to the first thing that you said about the fivefold ministry.
0: Mm-hmm. Um,
2: you know we know the fivefold ministry in ephesians four eleven you know he talks about how Jesus ascended on high and he gave gifts unto men and he you know we know the apostle, the prophet, the pastor, the apostle, and the evangelist. We know these gifts, he said he gave these gifts for the perfecting of the saints so that the uh-huh. saints can do the work of the ministry. And so the uh-huh. body of Christ and the, the the role of the fivefold ministry plays a crucial role in educating the saints and positioning the saints uh, to do the work of ministry. And by that I mean to deal with all of these hurting, broken people. A lot of times it's been left up to the pastor to deal with the hurting and the broken, but you don't need to have a doctorate degree in theology to minister uh-huh. to somebody that's hurting. All we need to do is be sensitive to the spirit of God. And when people come, you know, we, we say people come in out of the gutter, the gutter people, the people that we we view as gutter people. Uh-huh. God never views right. it that way. But when right. they come in and they've been through the ringer, they've been through the gutter, all God is looking for is for us to be standing there with our arms open. Again, going back to what we said about being sensitive to where people are, loving them where they are, and then loving them to their healing. And so sometimes it's not saying anything. Sometimes it's just mm-hmm. keeping your arms open and giving people an understanding that this is a place that you can come if things mm-hmm. are not going well in your life. If you're feeling like you're lost, you're feeling like you're alone, you can mm-hmm. come and you can know that I'm going to pour my heart into you. And so that's a message that the 5 ministry needs to be responsible to disseminate to those that they're training.
0: Mm-hmm. And then as it
2: relates to us being sensitive to what the Spirit of God wants to do uh, in the lives of other people, that's mm-hmm. crucial as well. He will always mm-hmm. lead us. One thing I've, I've learned about God, Dawn, in all the years that I've walked with Him, mm-hmm. is that everything God does, there's every plan that God has, has lives connected to it. Everything. They, so there's nothing
0: lives.
2: L I V E S Somebody's life. And and it's usually more than one is connected Mm -hmm. to every decision that God is encouraging us to make. And so God is always thinking about other people. I'm reminded of a story uh, where this man was standing in a high-rise building in New York. He was standing Mm -hmm. up on maybe like the the 39th or the 40th floor. And he was looking down, down, and, and the Lord spoke to him and said, Son, what do you see? He said, I see cars. I see... Uh, I see busyness, I see lights, I see this, I see that. And he said, the Spirit of God said to him, son, I see people. I see lives. I don't see the cars. I don't see the lights. All I see is what's going on in the hearts of men. And I'm calling you to help me deal with what's in the hearts of men. And that's the mandate for every Christian, every believer, to deal with what's in the heart of men. God loves them, and he wants them to experience who he is on a great level. He wants people to know him in a personal, in a real way. God himself is tired of the religiosity. He doesn't want us to be religious. He's looking for relationship, and that Mm -hmm. comes when we put down our guard as the church, when the church puts down our ideologies, our traditions, and we step beyond where we are and we open up the doors and we step out beyond the church walls and get out there and reach the lives of the people who are hurting. They yeah. don't trust the church today. Many don't trust trust the church. You got saints, you know, and I know that one of the conversations that we said that we were going to have was about the fact that holiness needs to come back to the church. That's very
0: true. Mm-hmm. Holiness
2: definitely needs to come back to the church, but what also needs to happen in the church is that we need to get our heads out of the hymnals and we need to start focusing once again on the the, the, the whole purpose and the design of the body of Christ and that that's to draw men to the Lord. And so we just have to get where God wants us to be and we're getting there.
0: Yeah.
2: We're getting mm-hmm. there. You better believe we're going to be just who God said that we're going to be. He said in the end we're going to be a glorious church without spot, wrinkle, blemish, <sighs> or any such thing. The world is going to know. In Ephesians, the Bible talks about the manifold wisdom of God. He said, through the church, the manifold wisdom of God is going to be made known to princes and principality. The whole world is going to know that God resides in the church. And that's going to be because the church is taking her place. We're getting in place. We're letting go of the world. And we're reaching out to those that are in the world. And we're saying, there's a better way. I know the world made promises to you. The world told you that you were going to be able to do this and you were going to have a happy life and all of that. And you got out there and you realized that the world lied to you. And Jesus is saying, I'm the way, I'm the truth, I'm the light, and I I have a life for you. And I'm going to close this comment with this. In John 10.10 in the Amplified Bible, it says Mm. something very powerful. Jesus Mm. said, the thief came to steal, kill, and destroy. But I have come that you might have and enjoy life in abundance to the full until it overflows. That's the mm-hmm. kind of life that God wants for every person to have, every hurting mm-hmm. person, every broken person, every lost person. That's the kind of life that he wants them to have, one that's overflowing and in abundance.
1: Oh My God. My God! I mean, ladies and gentlemen, if you're not <sighs> speechless, um, because I, I that is so my heart, and and I'm and I'm and I, and I'm finding my bent in this thing too. But I want to touch on some things you said, and I'm and I'm getting some questions online, and I want to I want to address some things, and I want to bring clarity to some things. Uh, you mentioned. The reason for this show—you mentioned that why I talked about holiness, people—we need to get hungry and desperate for God. The Bible in Psalm twenty forty two talks about as a deer pantsits at the water. So my soul, my soul means my my mind, my will, and my emotions. And any of you who follow this show on a regular basis on Thursdays understand that that that. We have to get our minds in line, and Pastor Melba just mentioned it, with the word of God.
0: She mentioned
1: that people don't trust the saints. The saints should walk in power. If nobody else does, the saints should be walking in power because they're living that life of holiness because God has filled them and is filling them to those places of overflowing. But you mentioned, um, I'm going to kind of go back a little bit to touch on some things living in the word, living in the spirit, um, the spirit of the word. I run across people, and, and they're true, we don't want the word shoved down our throat. But how do we make a delineation of the, of the word of God being shoved down our throat and the fact that we're teaching a straight word and that word may convict, and that word may bring you up, and that word may not be kicks and giggles, rainbows, and butterflies, and sometimes that word is not designed to make you feel good, it's to correct you. Can you give us that line to help us know the difference of when it's truly being a shove? Because some people don't know, and some people do. But for those that do, we want to help others that can really understand what that line is so that we can rightly divide
2: the word of truth that's
1: going forward in our lives.
2: Absolutely. You know, the Bible says in, I believe it's James, the third chapter, verse number 13, where the Bible talks about, it says the wisdom that comes from above is first pure, then it's peaceable, it's gentle, mm-hmm. and it's easy to be entreated. It's full of mercy and good fruits without partiality and without hypocrisy. He said that the word of God is, easy, is easily entreatable. Another translation says it's easy to digest God's word.
0: It's mm-hmm. easy to
2: take it in. You see, sometimes what we can do is we can minister the Word of God, but there's an absence of love. That whole
0: thing mm. that a spoonful
2: of sugar will make the medicine go down.
0: Okay. Sometimes
2: just learning how to give people the Word of God in a spirit of love, it's very easy. I can I can correct my children in a way that my children know that they're getting what they need in my correction, but it's so covered with love that, they don't even recognize that there's correction in what I'm trying to say. Remember Mm -hmm. how we used to hide the kids' vegetables when we were trying to feed them? We would hide it by putting a little applesauce on top of it. That's how it is with love. Love becomes the applesauce that covers the Word of God when you have to put that in people's lives. And so sometimes it's not you know, what we want to make sure that we're not doing. We want to speak the truth because people need the truth. Uh-huh. I'm not inferring in any way that we don't give people the truth of, of the word and that we don't give people what they need because there's a lot of people who are getting the word, or but they're getting what what's easy for them, what's comfortable uh-huh. for them. And so the real issues that are going on in their lives are not being addressed because we're afraid of offending. We're afraid of all of that. I'm not talking about that. What I am uh-huh. saying is taking God's word a loving way and directing people to God, and any time I've ever had to bring correction, if I brought the word in love, that person was very, was able to receive it. Even if it may have stung them, it was mm-hmm. easy for them to entreat it or to receive it. And so that's you know that's kind of my take on dealing with having to give people the word. And even though it's stern, the word of God is clear. And we can't amend it, we can't change it, where the Word of God tells us to live holy lifestyles, that's an uncompromised word.
0: Mm-hmm. God is saying,
2: I want your life to be holy. The powerful thing about that, when you look up, uh, you study out the word holy and, and what God has said about it in First Peter 1 and 16, it says this, but like the Holy One who
0: called you, mm-hmm. be holy yourselves, also in mm-hmm. your behavior, because it's written, you
2: shall be holy, for I am holy. A lot of times I think people are, are waiting for God to make them holy. And He never told us in the scriptures that He was going to make us holy. Never said. Mm-hmm. It. In every mm-hmm. scripture, going even back to the Old Testament, He said, Be like me. That means that the responsibility sits in your lap to live your life in a way that's set apart. We know that the word holy means to be set apart. That means that it's yeah. your responsibility to live your life holy and consecrated and separated. In Leviticus 11:44, he said, I'm the Lord your God. You consecrate yourself. You be holy because I'm holy. And why did he tell us that he was holy? He's saying that I, I made you in my image, Ephesians 5. You, you've been made in my image so you can imitate hmm. me. So you have the power. I've given you the ability to live a holy life. This is not a yes. difficult thing. You have the ability to live a holy life, but that's not something that God can do for you. You have to make a decision. It's a decision. I'm going to separate myself from the world, but not just from something. I'm going to separate myself unto someone, and I'm going to separate Uh, myself unto the Lord. And uh, so, holiness is not God's part. Holiness is my part. I have to make the, the decision to separate myself from sin. I have to make the decision to stay out of adultery, to stay out of fornication, not to lie, not to backbite, not to steal, uh, not to, do you understand what I'm saying? Not yes, to live a I life do. that looks like the world. Right. So that's right. on me. Yes.
0: That's
2: on me. Well
1: I, I, well, I can tell that I'm just, look, I'm not only your, your cousin, but I know I'm your daughter, too, in the Lord, because that is so what I preach, and it's so what Prophet Cynthia and Pastor Billy teach you know, down in Florida. It's amazing uh how God moved me from you to them and I'm hearing the same the same the uh thing. But it's the word, so it's not like it should be different um, but okay. all in how it's healing. And Prophet did the same thing also. I remember and that's what really freed me. Ladies and gentlemen, this is not going to be we've taught religion for so long. As though God's gonna come down with his magic finger and take you out of your mess you understand through the love that you've received of the word of God, once you have chosen to grow up in the word of God, you now have a conscious decision and choice to obey the word of God in the heart. I remember a time that I got myself in a situation with that religious mindset in the word, loving God, Lord God, I love you. Ended up in a situation, God, why? What did you do? Why didn't you come? And when, I, when, when the situation had really ended, God said to me real simple, at what point are you going to learn to obey what I said? That means your flesh, my flesh, somebody else's flesh has to die. It means maybe you can't spend that money today. Maybe you can't date that person tomorrow. Maybe you can't eat that food. The Bible does tell us that we have to pick up our cross daily. That means there are some things that we have to die to, ladies and gentlemen, in this life if we are truly going to have what we should have. There's so many places I can go. The Bible says that we we don't live by the natural bread, but by the bread of the word of God. So what I want to go to, and I don't know how we can teach this, uh, Pastor Melba. Um, there, there is a place in God where we should just hunger and thirst for him. There should be a place where if you if that time with you and God is missing, it should begin to stir you. You shouldn't be able to do it. So Pastor Melba, is there any way that you can kind of help us? How do we transition? Because I've seen the lives of other people like yourself, uh, uh, Apostle Paula Price, Pastor Billy in Florida, Pastor Skip, uh, Prophet Cynthia, and others, that you guys live this life that just make me hungry for God. I mean, you guys make me want to just lay down on the floor for days and just, God, how do I get that? How do I sing, Jesus, I adore you, when Christmas isn't even going around? Can you help us with that today?
2: Yeah, You know, um, I was thinking about Second Corinthians 3 and 2 where Paul said that we are letters. We are letters, you know. And he said that we were written in their hearts, known and read of all men. And so when you're walking with God, it's very difficult to really have a relationship with God and that relationship with him not seep out. It's like a sponge Mm -hmm. when you're walking with the Lord. You know, if somebody touched that sponge, if it's filled with water, uh, you touch that sponge, what's in that sponge is going to ooze out. And that's Mm -hmm. the way it is with our life and God. When you spend time, when you make up in your mind that you're going to walk with God, when you're going to spend time with him, when someone touches your life, it's going to ooze out. You know, not that you become this... um, this, this superman or anything like that, because there's still a very natural life that has to be lived out.
0: But mm-hmm.
2: what happens is, when some something or someone touches your life, instead of you living your or instead of you responding in a natural way, what comes out is what's in the Word of God. You respond. Hallelujah. Your response is based on what you what God has revealed to you. From his word. Mm-hmm. So if a circumstance hits your finances, you know, instead of saying, I'm, I never have any money, I'm always broke, and blah, 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 what you do is you go to Philippians 4.19. Instead of saying, I don't have any money, I'm broke, you say, my God supplies all of my needs according to his riches mm-hmm. and glory by Christ Jesus. When you make a mistake, instead of uh, wallowing in your mistake, you grab First John 1 and 9 and say, mm-hmm. you know, that he's faithful and just to forgive me and to cleanse me from all unrighteousness. And so it's important that we understand that the word is there to govern our lives and it becomes the final authority in our life. Now, mm-hmm. with that being said, when you come into a relationship any time I've ever said, Don, anytime I've ever said, Lord, I want to know you more. Lord, I want mm-hmm. a deeper relationship with you. Lord, I want to walk closer to you.
0: Mm-hmm. I didn't
2: realize what I was literally saying is, Lord, I mm-hmm. need a deeper relationship with your word. I need a I need to know you because everything that God is, who He mm-hmm. is, it's all housed and contained in His Word. And mm-hmm. so when I'm saying, Lord, I want to know you more, I want to get I want to get closer to you, what I'm saying, in, in essence, I'm saying I need a deeper relationship with your word. Show mm-hmm. me who you are through your word. Open the eyes mm-hmm. of my understanding. Let me see you. Let me see how you would respond to this situation. Let me see how you love me. Let me see what you've done for me through the finished work of Jesus Christ. All of those things, as God is revealing those things to you, All of those things are housed in the word, and as those things are being revealed to you, what's happening? You're drawing closer. You're getting deeper. You're getting deeper. Mm -hmm. And you don't even realize that it's happening, but it's happening strategically, and it's happening subtly. The more time I spend feeding on the word of God, not just doing my religious duty, reading my proverb every day, there's nothing wrong with that. But sometimes we can read a proverb and think, okay, I'm done. When God specifically told Joshua, don't let this book depart from you. Keep this book before your eyes. Keep it in the midst of your heart. He said, that's the time that you're going to have success in life. It's when you attend unto my words. When you keep my yes. word as the focal point of your heart and your life, then your life mm-hmm. will measure up to what you see in the word, and you're promised victory. You're promised a a close relationship with me. John 15 and 7, Jesus summed it all up in that text. He said, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, you can ask me for whatever you will. Then he went on to say, he said, Father, sanctify them through the truth of the word. Mm. Sanctify them. Draw them closer. Set them apart. Sanctify. Sanctify them from the world. To you, that's getting close to God. How? Through the truth of the word of God. And so it's the word that causes us to walk in places of intimacy with God. You know, I was studying something yesterday
0: mm-hmm.
2: and thinking about the ocean and how mm-hmm. on the, 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 the shoreline, that's where the water and the land come together. In that mm-hmm. place, my wa- my feet can get wet. But mm-hmm. there's a place out in the ocean That if I step out there, if I walk on the water of the word of God, I can step Mm. out and I can go to a place where the water will cover my head. I can be so immersed in my relationship with God that it Mm.
0: transforms
2: me. So people are saying, I want to know God more. I want to get to know him. What you're literally saying is, I need a closer relationship with his word. And through his word, I can see that God is with me. He said that he'll never leave me nor forsake me, and it gives me a greater consciousness of his presence in my life. Wow.
1: Wow, that's powerful. So, so, ladies and gentlemen, I hope you are as speechless as I am. and Anyone that knows me knows that I'm rarely, if ever, speechless. You know, God has definitely made me the loquacious one of, of of his body. Um and I hope that that really ministered to you because it just it just spoke to my spirit. It make that it makes that spirit inside of you leap, ladies and gentlemen. Something you I could listen to her. There are certain people you can listen to all day because they literally speak life, and life is in the Word of God. So when they speak those words, it literally speaks to the spirit of God on the inside of you, and should cause. Something to take take shape under the word of God and stay the same. It doesn't happen unless there's something wrong with you and you're just bound up in something that you don't know what you're bound in. I learned that word that you said a couple of, a few minutes ago. It's a decision. Decision. You have to, to believe. I, I, and I don't want to throw anybody under the bus, uh, uh, Pastor Melva. But and I and I, and I know you in love, because you, you taught us that in the ministerial class um, at the church we came out of in Milwaukee. and uh, But yet there's a part of me, I don't know if we can use this word anymore, a righteous indignation. I love my Jesus so much, and I really don't like the bad name that sometimes we give him under the auspice of Christianity. So this is what I'm going to throw out here. A few weeks ago on the show, one of my guests said there's a title holder and there's an office. And she said that a title holder has to kind of go in and announce who they are. I got my big Bible. I got my scriptures hanging everywhere and yada, yada, yada. But there's no atmospheric change when they come into the room. But an office carrier can come in and the atmosphere change. They don't have a big Bible. They don't have a bunch of bumper stickers on the car and so on and so forth. Mm-hmm. Can you speak to the idea of the difference between the Christian and, and please understand, ladies and gentlemen, I'm not trying to throw anybody under the bus. I'm trying to get you or encourage you to become unleashed to this religious world system. And their societal way of doing things. So, Pastor Melba, I have mm-hmm. Sister So and So, and I got you know Brother, Brother, Brother Bobby on the other side. And one of them said, "Oh, I'm a Christian. Praise the Lord, Hallelujah." But every word out of their mouth is not even not every word, but their conversation is riddled with with expletives. Like it's like it's nobody's business. But you know God know that they're just entertained by grace and God is working on them and they can't be perfect. But they're on the trustee board, on the usher board, a thing in the choir. But then you have Brother Bob who doesn't do those things, a little more reserved, maybe a little more gregarious, but he doesn't do those things. But he still loves God. Can you give us an understanding as to what that Christian level or walk
2: or maturity is like? What does that mean? You know, and and what you just described to me is Galatians, the fifth chapter, where the Bible talks about the difference of a person, you know, and I've read that text for so many years, and a long, Mm -hmm. long time, I thought that that, Mm
0: -hmm. that Galatians
2: 5 was talking about the fight between my flesh and the Holy Spirit, and then Mm -hmm. as I studied it out, I realized that Galatians 5 is all about the fight between my human spirit and my flesh. It's the Mm -hmm. fight that's going on within me, and, uh... What you described was a carnal Christian versus a believer that's walking with God and walking by his spirit that's infused with the Holy Spirit. You know, just because a person accepts Jesus Christ. You know, remember we used to sing, I looked at my hands and my hands look new. I looked at my feet and they do too when we got born again. Well, you know as well as I do that when we got born again, My hands didn't change. If I had a wart on my hand, unless God supernaturally moved and healed it, when I got finished saying, in Jesus' name, amen, that wart was still there.
1: That's what it was. So we
2: say these things, and we think that the transformation took place in our flesh, Mm
0: -hmm. but it
2: does not take place in our flesh. It takes place Mm -hmm. when we get born again. Our spirits are what's transformed, Mm -hmm. not our flesh. Mm -hmm. What has Mm -hmm. to happen, then is we have to renew our mind. Our mind doesn't even get changed. Mm
0: -hmm. We make
2: a decision for Jesus Christ, and then we have to get in the Word so that our mind can be renewed. That's Romans 12 and 2. Well, then after we get, the the work happens in our spirit, then it goes to our our minds, then it has to affect our physical body. And that's where Mm -hmm. most of our fight is. We think that our Mm -hmm. biggest problem is going to be with the devil, but your biggest challenge in your Christian walk is not going to be the devil. Because the devil mm-hmm. is a defeated foe. The Bible says mm-hmm. that Jesus came to loosen, undo, and dissolve the works the devil has done. Our fight is mm-hmm. not with the enemy. He's already mm-hmm. defeated. Your fight is mm-hmm. with your flesh. And mm-hmm. so this is how you can have a Christian who loves God and will will cuss you out.
0: Mm-hmm. It's like,
2: how do those two, they don't even match.
0: But it's right. because
2: that person is still living out of his lower nature. Instead of living out of his recreated spirit, he's living out of the lower nature. This is why we can talk about folks, oh, that's coming from the lower nature. Because Mm. everything good comes from your spirit, from your high nature, your God nature. But everything Mm. evil comes out of that lower nature. Galatians 5 and and, uh, 16 says this, Mm -hmm. walk in the spirit. Mm
0: -hmm. He said,
2: and you will not gratify the cravings of your flesh then he goes mm-hmm. on to say the desires of the flesh are opposite of what the desires of the spirit are they're antagonistic mm-hmm. to one another one time mm-hmm. i looked up that word enmity when the bible says that your flesh mm-hmm. is at enmity with god
0: mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. one
2: translation says it's as if your flesh has a dagger in god's face saying i will never submit to you ooh remember the Bi- oh yeah remember the bible talks about the flesh being he said your flesh is like grass to me your flesh mm-hmm. needs to, what do we do with yeah. regret? We cut it down.
0: We cut it, Yes. This is why
2: Paul encouraged us, crucify your flesh. It doesn't mean that you're mm-hmm. not going to go to heaven. It doesn't mean that. It doesn't mm-hmm. mean that you don't love God. You can love God, mm-hmm. go to heaven, and miss the kind of life that God is intending for you to live. You won't be able to take advantage of the attributes of the kingdom of God if you live in your flesh. He goes on to say that the works of the flesh are uh, idolatry immorality, impurity, indecency, strife, jealousy, anger, selfishness, division, uh, mm-hmm. speaking evil, drunkenness, mm-hmm. partying, all of those things. He said, now, I'm telling you, mm-hmm. as I did before, that those who do these things will not inherit the kingdom of God. He did not say you would not inherit the kingdom of heaven. He said you would not inherit the kingdom of God. And what is the kingdom of God? It's righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. He's saying if you walk by your flesh, you will not inherit righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. You're not going to be able to appropriate those things because you're being governed by your flesh. Now, the flip of that is if you walk by the Spirit, he said you won't fulfill the lust of your flesh. And what's the works works of your spirit? Self-control, gentleness,
0: joy, Mm -hmm. love, peace, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. patience
2: kindness, goodness, faithfulness, all of these things. He said, and against these things, there is no law. Because if you hmm. walk in these things, you don't have to, he said, there is no law. When you walk in these things, I don't have to worry about you killing your neighbor because goodness is flowing out of your life. I don't have to worry hmm. about you not honoring God. He said, love the Lord with all your heart, all your soul, because you're going to love him because that's what's coming out of your heart. And so if you walk wow. by the Spirit, you don't have to worry about trying to fulfill the law. You don't have to worry about it. You don't even have to think about it because you're walking by the Spirit, and sin and the law are not even a factor for you. I'm busy keeping my eyes on what, whatever is lovely, whatever is pure, whatever is virtuous. If there's anything that's praiseworthy, that's where I focus my attention, and that's where I live my life. I remember that I'm seated in heavenly places with Christ, and I live my life from the throne.
0: mm mm-hmm.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, the we we have to get unleashed from this world, as you can see. We have to get unleashed from this mindset, this religiousness of the world. We have about 13 minutes left, uh, Pastor Melba, and I want to address something real quick because you've given us a lot today to help us become unleashed from the world. So I'm going to give you two questions at once and then you can split them and answer them as you like, maybe three. This is a quick one. Do you consider yourself a a sinner saved by grace?
2: Oh, Lord. Uh, (laughs) uh, No, I I don't consider myself a sinner saved by grace. I consider myself at one time having been a sinner, but now Mm -hmm. I'm saved by grace. And, you know, the Bible says, because he said that, In Ephesians, he said, that's not your life anymore. In Galatians, he tells us, that's not who we are anymore. And Mm -hmm. so uh, he said, while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us.
0: And so we're to live
2: our life, live in the newness of life that Christ Mm -hmm. has for us. So, no, I don't believe I'm a sinner saved by grace. I believe that I Mm -hmm. was a sinner and grace Mm -hmm. saved me. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I knew the answer.
1: But I wanted people to I know you understand. And I, I, I needed to hear have them hear that come from that authority because and I and people the reason I asked her that question is because she mentioned about our positioning. If you keep positioning yourself as a sinner saved by grace, then and help me, Pastor Melba, uh, then that, that takes your mind and says so when you do mess up, instead of going over to first 1 John one nineteen, instead of pushing yourself through the word of God to live a better life, you just walk around and you think of yourself as nothing. Well, I'm just a sinner, right. saved by grace, right. I'm just gone. But right. no, you right. are seated in, in heaven. God has placed you in good things. You are a new creature in Christ. Behold, all things right. become new. Your spirit now needs to grow up. So you may may have had a moment of frailty, but that is not who you are. That is not who you are. So I encourage you, as she's been teaching us today and, and unleashing us from the lies of this religious bondage that we've been in to get into a relationship with God, which we're going to talk about in a moment, we are no longer that. When God sees you, according to Romans 8, and this is what she taught me, he sees his righteousness. Bam, you free. And this is how she described it. And I think you did, it might be it was me. If God give if somebody gives you a million dollars and they give person B a million dollars. A person A puts the million dollars in the closet and mm-hmm. continues to live without food and squalor. Does that mean he was not given a million dollars? No. He still has it. He's made a choice not to live where he can live. Person B was given a million dollars, and they say, oh, I was given a million dollars. Let me now go get some food. Let me now go put myself in a, in a home so that I'm not living in squalor. It goes back to what she said. You must receive what Christ did on the cross and receive your new positioning. And then you are then able to appropriate the righteousness, He and the joy in the holy spirit. Did I get that right Pastor Nelson?
2: Yes, you did. You know, okay. and I want to say something about the the peace about being a sinner saved by grace. I'm not a sinner anymore. Mm-hmm. Grace has saved me. Do mm-hmm. I make mistakes? Yes. Yeah, never say that I don't sin. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm oh, saying is this right. is a positional truth.
0: positionally,
2: I have been made the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. That's my position. So I'm no longer viewed by God as a sinner. He said, as far as the east is from the west, I don't remember anything you've done. And in God's eyes, positionally, I am a son of God. I am not a sinner. When I Mm -hmm. make a mistake... Jesus is there as an advocate for me, and when I mm-hmm. make a mistake, I can go to the Father based on the scripture we've been quoting first John one and nine
0: He <coughs> said, "I yes. can
2: ask him to forgive me, and he'll be faithful and just to forgive me and to cleanse me When I approach God, Jesus turns around to the father turns around to the Father, and says, I died for that mm-hmm. i took I took care of that for her father remember the mm-hmm. the covenant that we have. And so mm-hmm. God has to remember the work, the finished work of Jesus. The Bible says he ever liveth to make intercession for me. And that's the intercession that's constantly going on. So when I make a mistake, I can appropriate 1 John 1 and 9, and I can live Amen. my life justified just as if I'd never sinned. Amen. Oof, my God. I mean, there's so
1: many other questions that I want to go into and I know we can't, we don't have time, um, because I wanted to address, because we only have seven minutes left, and I want the last of those minutes to talk about your Woman of Worship program and your school that, and everything, and people can get connected with that. But last thing, process. I've been teaching about process. You have to Now you're in God, you receive the Word of God, we go through our process. As we go through our process, ladies and gentlemen, The process that we go through in this life is not always going to be kicks and giggles. Real quick, I mean, Pastor Melvin, is coming to God always going to be fun? I mean, are we going to come to Jesus and all of our problems are going to go away and life is just going to be easy? Can you give me a real quick reality on that?
2: No. Amen. (laughs) Amen. (laughs) <laughs> you know, what, what else can I say? No. I know, right? And anyone that comes, you know, it's like anyone that comes into the kingdom of God, if you're going to yeah. walk with God just like any relationship you have,
0: mm-hmm. that
2: relationship is going to be tested. And I love what yeah. my husband says, a relationship that has not been tested is a relationship that cannot be trusted. And so when you Ooh. think about the fact that you're in a relationship with God The enemy Uh is going to test that relationship tooth and nail. Mm -hmm. He wants to see Mm -hmm. if what you say you're made of, you're made of. And he wants to see if the relationship that you say you have with God is real. And so (sighs) it's impossible that you're not going to have problems. You know, he said persecution is going to come for the sake of the word. So you just have to prepare yourself for it. But know that in everything, we're not going to have victory. We have victory. And so that's Amen. the thing that we have to remember, that we're victorious no matter what goes on.
1: Amen. Well, um, and ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to kind of give us a summary. And then, Pastor Melva, I want you to talk about your school. Can they take anything online? Tell them about woman you worship, a little bit about your heart. Um, and we'll try and get that in in five minutes. Ladies and gentlemen, God loves you. He wants you to live, live an unleashed life. He doesn't want you to be in bondage to sin. So if you meet somebody and, and love them, love them unto healing, love them unto their healing, bless them unto their healing, live a life that's holy, make a choice, make a decision. It is not God's responsibility to come down and rip you out of that man's bed, out of that girl's bed, or whatever your situation is. It, it, his word is very, very clear. And once you do that and make that decision, choose to come to him, Live that holy life and to not be colonel. Pastor Melva, I'm giving it to you. We have about four three four minutes left. Let's talk about your school. I was gonna try and talk about some CFI, C U F I, daughters of Zion, but we don't have time. Let's talk about your school and the Women You Worship um conference coming up.
2: Absolutely. Well um, May twenty second through the twenty third, uh we're hosting Women in Worship. Women in Worship is a weekend where women can come without their children, without their husband, and spend the weekend in prayer, in worship, and gathering around the Word of God. What we say about women in worship is that if it touches your life, we're going to touch it in prayer. When we started Women in Worship in 2007, I called it 100 Women in Worship and 200 and something women showed up. Now we're averaging around for the total weekend, close to 2,000 women show up for this event. And I'm telling you, we say as the women are coming in, your life will never be the, the same, and it is absolutely the truth. Uh, people are, lives are being changed tremendously by the power of God. So it's May 22nd through the 23rd. Uh, registration is free. There is a luncheon with Pastor Cynthia Brazelton from uh, Maryland. She's going to be with us on Saturday. And uh, so if you're out there and you're interested in joining us, you can give us a call at 414-962-0600, or you can go to my Website, MelvaHenderson.org. And then uh, the Bible School, uh, Mm -hmm. we uh, have a passion to get people in the call that God has called them to. Our Bible School exists for one reason, and that's to get people who believe that God has called them into the ministry into that call. And so it's called um, World Bible Training Institute, and uh, we just got our accreditation. So next year we'll be able to offer uh, bachelor's and master's degrees, so we're excited about that. Oh, my
1: God, that's awesome. Can they take your classes online, Pastor Melva?
2: Well, we're working it all out. That that definitely is a goal for people to be able to take the classes online.
1: Wow, that is awesome. Ladies and gentlemen, um, this is a powerful woman of God. There's so much in her, so much that just, you just can't contain it in an hour. Pastor Melba, can you please uh, pray for the people today um, that might be out there that are hurting, that are seeking, And can you give them a word of prayer real quick?
2: Absolutely. Father, we just thank you today for your word and for your wisdom. And we ask, Father, that every person that may be listening to this line, that your power would rest upon their lives in a supernatural way. Father, we expect that you will do what you desire to do in them and through them. Father, thank you for providing for them and for blessing them in all that they endeavor to do. We pray for uh, Don Marie and this program. Father, thank you for of opening wide doors of opportunity for her and for taking the program into places, Father, that she'd never even imagined. We honor you, we bless you, and we thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. You
1: know, next week, ladies and gentlemen, we have another Power Pack show. If you missed our shows in the last couple of weeks, please go back and check them out. There be an um, awesome time in the Lord with Prophet Cynthia, Pat, Prophet Courtney, Apostle Mopping were on the previous shows. I really do pray that you will um, receive the words that was said today. It was a powerful transformation that went forth across these airways today, and God really wants to um, to really wants to minister, you know, to those that are out there. I thank you for listening. Uh, Listen Thursday. We're going to be having a powerful show in regards to uh, uh, the warrior in you. We have to learn how to warrior in this time. So thank you for all that you're doing, and I'll talk to you guys next week. Thank you for joining.
0: I can be free to calm the sea. I can be free to speak to mountains. I can be free just in me. I said it was good.
1: Yeah that that was that was phenomenal for me. I just oh Pastor remember thank you so much. I have to stop doing these shows and crying afterwards. <laughs> I just get so full. I just get so I just get so full afterwards. But I, I thank you so much. Thank you for ministering to me. I'm so proud of you and your accreditations and, and, and please let's not lose contact. Um oh she she
0: dropped. Let me call her
1: back.